It's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Thursday, May 28th, 2020. We're moving right along, approaching the month of June. We'll be here before you know it. Big thank you to Bill Barnes for coming on yesterday, as he always does. Uh, also, hope you guys got to check out my girlfriend's podcast, if you had a chance. Uh, the Lady Piper's podcast, Valerie Burns, puts that on. Does a great job. So if you'd like to, go ahead and uh, check it out. Go go give it a, give it a look-see. Uh, they posted one yesterday. So uh, anyway, enough of that stuff, but let's talk some sports today. Uh, we, we got a big sports fan on the program today. His name is Paul Clark. He's a member of the class of 1985 from Rondo Prep, but just a really big RHP fan, a historian, a great athlete himself. He played some college football. He also played a little bit of minor league baseball, you know, got a taste of, of that and everything. So he's going to touch on all that when we get a chance to sit down and uh, have our conversation together. But anyway, uh, appreciate him being here today. I do want to say I got to apologize again about some of the sound. We're having some issues. They, uh, you know, when, when there's an interview going on and when you kind of, there's uh, talks over each other, even briefly, it kind of messes up the audio. So we're working on it. We're going to try to see if we can improve it. But anyway, towards the backside of the interview, you will hear uh, a little bit of a delay after I'm done talking before Paul comes in. And then when Paul's talking, I... Uh, it sounds like I'm interrupting him and I'm coming in, so it just comes in a little earlier than say when uh, when, when uh, you know he was finishing up talking in real time. So apologies to that. Hopefully you can bear with us and make it uh, make sense of it all, if you will. But Paul's got a lot to talk about regarding sports and definitely his memories of Rondo Prep. So can't wait to get to that and and uh, post that for you guys. There's some big news out of Nevada, the Nevada State Athletic Commission has approved to get back to some combat sports. There will be some UFC fighting this weekend, Saturday, May 30th. They approved a UFC fight night. Tyrone Woodley and Gilbert Burns are going to headline the card, uh, just UFC card on ESPN Plus, I'm assuming. And there's also a card the following week, June 6th, It'll be pay-per-view, UFC 250, Emmanuel Nunez versus Felicia Spencer. So getting back to some combat sports, you saw what they did in Jacksonville a couple weeks ago with the three cards in seven days. Well, they got uh, two UFC cards in uh, seven days in the, the state of Nevada. The fights will be held at the UFC Apex, so there won't be any fans like, like before. There's going to be cert- certain restrictions and everything. Fighters are going to have to test when they arrive in Nevada and also test again at weigh-in to see what their symptoms are, if any, for COVID-19. But some progress. I think it's really good that states are beginning to open up more. And again, it's really weird watching this stuff without fans. But you know what? For the time being, it'll get us through this, this time without sports. Even though we've become accustomed to not having sports, I think this is a good step in the right direction. And I'm happy to see it because I think before you know it, we will have fans out there again. You know, I, I don't mind watching golf like this last weekend or, or some of the NASCAR stuff, but it still doesn't quite get my, my juices flowing as much as, you know, some hand-to-hand combat. Uh, football's a long way away. We probably won't see baseball. Who knows about basketball? Hockey's trying to do something. But it seems like combat sports is really taking the bull by the horns here and trying to get some fight cards out there for us, even with with or without fans, you know, it's going to be unique, it's different, but but definitely a step in the right direction. On top of the uh, approval of UFC fights, the, the Nevada State Athletic Commission also approved some boxing to be had in Vegas. Top-ranked boxing, it's June 9th and 11th, so it'll be a Tuesday-Thursday situation. Uh, Shakur Stevenson, who's pretty pretty good young fighter up and coming, 
He's headlining a card on June 9th. There'll be another card on June 11th. They'll, they'll be do their fighting at the MGM Grand. So just really excited to see some things flowing in the right direction. This will be the first boxing in a long time. UFC had their card first cards in Jacksonville a couple weeks ago, as we mentioned, but boxing hasn't quite got back out there yet. So this is a first step for them. Uh, I appreciate everything Nevada's doing. I think a lot of other people are too. Again, it won't be without fans, and it'll be similar situation with the um, with the uh, UFC and such. So Nevada State Athletic Commission making some news today or yesterday, I guess we could say, with the recording being uh, on Wednesday here. But anyway, let's get to Paul Clark. It's a rather long interview. I again apologize for some of the sound uh, situation. I'm going to try to... See if I can get a better microphone. I'm not sure what the situation is, but we're going to work on it. Again, I apologize. Uh, you should be able to piece it together, and it's mostly in like the second half and such. But anyway, we're going to get a quick break in, and then we'll get right to our interview with Paul Clark. All right, joining us today is Paul Clark. He's a member of the class of 1985 from Rio Hondo Prep. He now works as a personal assistant for Dr. Art Riggs in the City of Hope. We'll let him tell you all about that. We're going to talk a lot of sports today, a lot of fun topics, but Paul, welcome to the program. <laughs> Matty Ice, what's going on, big dog? How you doing, H-Bomb? <laughs> I love the energy, Paul. I love it, man. I love energy. Thank you. Did not know you were going to drop <laughs> that uh, 85 year on me, letting everybody know I'm a geezer out there, bro. You're supposed to keep that on the low low. Well, you know, uh, well, well, I'm recording this, so I'll just say, you know, I told you off the air that, ooh, 85, ooh, that year sounds familiar, Paul, because that's the, that's <laughs> that's the year I was born, year, brother. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, that's so, so terrible right there, dude. That's terrible. That's funny. <laughs> I can't believe it. Oh, man. It could have been any other year. Any other right. year, it had to be 85. Right. Exactly, dude. <laughs> so you're a senior playing ball on the prep, and I'm, and I'm uh, <laughs> just being yeah, born. I love it. You're not even able to walk yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. The only thing I know about uh, 85 is a, is a Laker championship year. I know that. So <laughs> my dad told me that plenty of times. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Terrible, man. Terrible. So, so Paul, what can you tell me about uh, the work you're doing uh, with uh, Dr. Art Riggs and his wife, you were telling me? Uh, is it a personal assistant over there? What, what's uh, what's yeah, that basically, like? Basically, well, I don't really do much for him. Uh it's his wife, basically, I do it for. She's a big advocate and um, a person who's um, like who goes out and does like the restoration or the preservation of uh, national parks and things like that. So she might go around uh, California. She's at, they, her and her husband are on the uh, board of directors for the United States. Uh, how do you, which one is theirs? Conservancy, Conservation Corps, whatever those, you know organizations but they do a lot of preserving of uh, national lakes oceans streams mountains all that other kind of stuff and she gets a lot of stuff out there and um to governors and things like that and we just try to touch base with that we try to get polls out there uh you know for people who are against maybe um you know land building things like that she's very involved with uh Marshall Canyon uh, project that's going on up above the city of Laverne where people are battling over there above the you know the the golf course and whatnot up there because they want to put in new homes and things like that and and they're trying to preserve it up there so she does a lot of a lot of that advocating for you know basically uh mother earth if you will mm-hmm. gotcha definitely and yeah you, you have a uh, uh rather young son uh Caden is that correct uh uh yes he's five and his name is uh Payton with a p Payton, I'm sorry that's quite all right uh, I see all your posts usually uh, of him, and and you you usually are referring to him by his nickname. Uh, so that's probably what <laughs> threw me off there. Uh, but man, he's he's growing fast, man, and uh, it's got to make you feel uh, even older, dude. Thank you for saying that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's he's got me grabbing a cane right now, feeling like Ichabod Crane and Rip Van Winkle all rolled into one. Yeah, uh, he's, he's, Dude, he's growing so fast, it's ridiculous, but he, he's a handful, and if anything was going to uh, help turn back the time for me, it was him, you know, because five-year-olds, uh, they have, you know, they're full of energy, and they're not going to let you rest and just sit on the couch, you know what I mean? Um, no, you're, yeah, your cardio's got to be way up, I'm sure, these days, running right, around with him. you know, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I need, it actually needs to be more, because, you know, he's just, he's me times three, so 
Watch out if you ever get to meet. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. Well, well, Paul, uh, we've had a lot of guests on here from Real Hondo Prep. That's just, you know, a lot of the people that I know have gone on to right. different walks of life. And so a lot of – it's been a lot of guests from Real Hondo Prep talking about their days uh, but, and, and all this. And, and you are someone I, – I know you're, 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 a, you're an RHP historian. You appreciate Real Hondo Prep athletics. You you played in the in the eighties. Your brother Pete played in the uh, the early nineties. I mean, mm-hmm. tell me about Real Hondo Prep and, and why it's such a special place. Wow. Well, let's see. Real Hondo Prep is a special place to me because of their foundation that they have, and because the way they try to shape you as a man and the character they build uh, in you as a man. And if you're a person who plays sports. Um, the the way they they get you to bring it out is just it's I don't know it's it's to me it's kind of like magical like I was telling I was talking to some of the coaches um, that are there now um, and we've seen a lot of change of the the kids and the youth that have come in there and the way they play and their dedication um, to playing the game and their their lack of heart if you will um, <laughs> Rio Hondo <laughs> Rio Hondo Prep back in the day we were not um, the best team on the field or the best team on the court or the best team on the diamond but the way that we played uh there was nobody better for instance my brother probably had they didn't win a a cif championship at rio hondo but i think they are definitely one of the top teams to ever pass through rio hondo regardless of what Mm -hmm. anybody else says out there i know my cousin uh ryan wiley took home you know the first uh championship along with jake hogan and the rest of the boys um, you know, basketball championship for Real Hondo Prep. But I was talking to um, uh, Alex Tycho not too long ago. He went to Real Hondo. He's a former member. And we had a little debate on which basketball team was better. And I'm going with my brother's team basically because they, team-wise, they're the best team I've ever seen play basketball at Rio Hondo. Did they have the most height? <laughs> no. But they had a we're not going to lose mentality. And I don't see that a lot in the kids that are going through the program now. And it's, and it's sad to see that because the way we were brought up and the coaches that are coaching there, they were brought up the same way. So I know it, it r- kills them to the core to see some of the kids not really have that in them. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas we would take it all the way to the bank if we could, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, well, I think Paul, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a real Hondo issue as much as it is society with kids, kids, yeah. You know, we don't want to be the old men talking about how, how great it used to be and this and that, but, but there's some right. truth to it. The, the kids these days, there's so many distractions. There, there is a lack of toughness. I think that starts in the home. It, it, it's just guys are a little softer than, than they used to be because there's other options You're right. for things, you know? You're right. You're exactly. What do you, why, why do you think that is? I, I'm trying to find out why that is. I like when I was coming through, I think the reason, I was playing the way I played was one, my personality and, and the way my mom and dad were at home. They weren't mm-hmm. a bunch of softies on me or nothing, but like I saw Scott Weidman, uh, Jim Hanna. Uh, I don't know if you know, Mike McGarren is, you know, a sister mm-hmm. married to Mr. Drain. Um, who else was there? Like Gary Shintaku, Mike Murphy, um, um, Doug Walsh. These guys were like heroes to me now still because of the way they played. They beat Montclair prep in a triple overtime, but <laughs> These guys, it was one of the best games ever. And I'm, you know, 100 years old, as you've already mentioned. And, <laughs> and that game still resonates, you know, with me where those guys did not quit. And they were not the best people on the field either. They, they weren't the best team on the field. But the way they played was like, we are not going to lose this game. And I was only nine when I watched them play, eight going on nine. And I saw that in them, even at that young age. And I was like, I cannot wait to put on a real on a prep uniform. And when I put it on, I'm not going to let these guys down in front of me that have played the way I need to, to, you know, respect their game, respect the way they played on the field. And I need to play that same way. And a lot of the guys that I, that I played with were exactly like that. We were not, we were not going to roll over if you're bigger than us. We didn't care. <laughs> we weren't going to die down. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I honestly think that it's passed on along with what you mentioned in the homes, like the parents, if their parents, all they got to do is push them a little bit that way. And I think Rio Hondo helps you keep that going. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, d- definitely. And, and, you know, I don't want to, I don't.
it's not there in the kids these days because there are definitely glimpses of it. I mean, the running back for, for Rio last year, the, the sophomore who's about five, he's listed at five, six or whatever. He's got to be, he's like five, four. <laughs> that kid, that is one of the toughest human beings I've ever hey, seen play the you know game. Funny? You know he, what's funny? My son just left a private workout with his dad. Really? Yeah, his dad, actually, when you asked who I played with, his dad was my quarterback. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Guerrero, right? Yes, sir. Yep. John, John okay. Guerrero is the one you're referring to. He's a bad little kid. Yeah. Dude. He, He's bad. And he is tough as he, nails. Dude, uh, tough as nails. He, look, he looks like a seventh grader. Right. I mean, he and he, he's there getting – you think he's going to get killed, and he just bounces off guys. I mean, dude, I've never seen quick. anything like it. Yeah. <laughs> he was a sophomore. Right. So, I mean, there's there's definitely players. It's not just him. There's there's a lot – There there's plenty of guys who who, you know – do have it, do have that toughness right. that, that I love and real Hondo's loved. Uh, but, but I think, yeah, I understand what you're saying. It's an overall, uh, just from the, the overall team thing. Because, uh, yeah, it screams out at you when you see it. No, it really like, oh, does. Man. I went to their, uh, one of their playoff games uh, this past season before, you know, the Corona junk broke out or whatever. I'm not going <laughs> to mention any names. I definitely don't want to put this kid on the spot. But there's a kid, I won't even tell you if he played on which side of the ball because people, if they hear this show, might, might know who I'm talking about. But he's definitely one of the biggest kids on the field, if not the biggest. And he's letting somebody else that was way smaller than him and less athletic than him do what he wanted with him when he could have dominated this person and could have just disrupted things, you know, vice versa for, for the opposing team. And, you know, I was talking to some people, um, and they were telling me that that person is just not built that way, that yeah. um, it takes a lot to get them motivated and going, that they're just really nice guys and stuff like that, which, you know, it, it's for him to be out there playing football, I, I was just like, my goodness. And I, I guess they even had to <laughs> beg him to get out there to play. But oh. if he wanted to, he could have tore these guys a new one and just yeah. been such a beast. Yeah. And it just got <laughs> real hondo. You know what I mean? And, and it just, it just, it was for me, it was like, Man, only to be that kid's size, you know. Yeah, I know. Oh, I hear you. Right. I'm with you there. <laughs> right. So, I, I do. I do think there is there's some real Hondo magic, of course. That that if you see if you watch enough of real Hondo, especially football, you see it. But right. there's also this this. Uh, I don't want to knock the program or any players or any, but I think overall Rio is like a, all about overachieving going right above and beyond average above above average you know just total overachieving is always i think uh, the goal out there yeah i, I believe you I, I i agree with you totally because i think a lot has to you know like with the coaching that was given to us and, and other players um i think we know going in we might not have the best team out there but that doesn't mean we have to lose sure you know and if you're on that team you can you're just as right you have just as much right to win that game as the other team. Even if that team is has six foot six players, they all run four four and stuff. <laughs> Unless you're just straight lame. You know what I mean? Yeah. But Rio has always been able to come up with enough talent to get out there and go toe to toe with with the best teams. You know, and not having the best talent, but having enough talent to go toe to toe, but having that extra little bit in you has often taken Rio to the next step and beat. You know, winning these games and whatnot. Um, <laughs> Which you know, most people, if they had to bet, would would not have bet on Rio in these particular you know games and whatnot. Yeah, and, and you touched on it, uh, Paul. So I want to talk about it a little more. You know, you you've seen a lot of uh, sporting events and playoff games, championship games, and this and that. Uh, Rio had not won a basketball championship before, and there was some very right. very good teams, especially your brother's team. Uh, goes without saying. Right. But just tell me. I was there that day uh, and I was sitting pretty close to you in the stands, if I remember correctly, but what was it like? You said uh, Ryan Wiley was your, your cousin. Yeah. He's my cousin. What what was it? What was it like to see him to, to be, have that connection really to see the first real Hondo basketball championship and have your cousin Ryan on the team? That's a good question. Really good question. Cause nobody's ever asked me that, but I've talked to Ryan about it, dude. I was, seriously like on cloud nine because for one you just like i'm sure you were just elated and, and happy as anything that we finally took home a, a basketball <laughs> championship but to have my a family member on that team and be a, a leader on that team and be one of the significant figures on that team was was super awesome <laughs> we went out and celebrated afterwards you know um 
We talk about it to this day. And to me, it was like, you know how people say you're like living vicariously through your son or something like that. Yeah. Kind of yeah. did with with him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't knocking down three pointers in high school. I'm not even gonna lie to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, was, I was a defensive extraordinaire. That's it. You know? Yeah. Um, so so I'm looking at Ryan, just going, you know, just happy with every point he gets, and and you're you're, I mean, he was almost like my son as well, because mm-hmm. I didn't have my son by then, and. I'm rooting for him so hard because I want him to succeed and win that championship and, you know, let alone bring it home for real Hano prep. Um, it was just one of those things that you're just serious. I was super, super proud to be able to call my cousin, uh, you know, definitely on the way out. I even got some people going, good job. PG, your cousin jam. Hey, PC, your cousin, get off. PC, your cousin, you know, and that's a good feeling right there. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh I'm man. It to my mom, my sister, me, it was it was awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah, very special. Uh, anytime they hang a banner, but especially having that connection had to be special. So, uh, right. you, you know, you know, Paul, you you went through the program, you went through Rio Hondo, some great years, I'm sure. Uh, you, you can't. You, there's nothing that can ever take away those memories. I, I tell you, I think Never. about I think about it all the time. But uh, after, tell me about after Rio Hondo prep. Uh, did, you know, college. Uh, I, you know, you, you played, you have a little minor league baseball experience, right? Tell me about that. <laughs> yes, I do, dude. Yes, I do. Um, I played with the Cleveland Indians for uh, maybe about a half a cup of coffee. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> it, there were some of the best times of my life and some of the worst times um, physically. I played a little ju- Juco ball at Citrus, um, walked on the program over there um, and did not know it at the time, but if, once you take 12 units um, of any class, you know, at any college, at the college level, then your eligibility for D1 starts ticking. Well, I went out to check out the football team to myself. I'm like, okay, let's do the pretty huge. <laughs> Let me take off a year, work out a little bit, you know, and go back. So I did that two years later, but my eligibility is going. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I walk on the field, you know, Hey, I want to play football. I get laughed at because nobody heard a real Hondo. You know, oh, you played eight man football. Ha 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 ha. Right. <laughs> I was like, all right, you know, that's, that's that's you know, that's your opinion. I I only ended up being captain of the football team and being the fastest player on the team, and you know, <laughs> getting recruited by every D one school. So all those dudes that played that eleven man football and teased me, none of them started over me. None Beautiful. So they all took a back seat to the real Hondo kids, and <laughs> I earned. I had to go out there and earn their respect, though. You know? Yeah. Um. Isaac Hogan did the same thing over there at PCC as baseball. You know, you get clowned on a little bit um, because Rio Hondo Prep's not Arcadia or Monrovia or Pasadena, yeah. you know. And, you know, we're a Christian school basically, and they think we're, you know, we can't stand up for ourselves because Christians are supposed to turn the other cheek or whatever you want to call it. But you go out there and you handle your business, and they shut up real quick. I noticed mm-hmm. that, which is awesome, mm-hmm. you know. And because my eligibility had started, had I not known, I could not go to the University of Houston and play uh, over there because my, I didn't have any more eligibility. Um, Andre Ware just won the Heisman Trophy over there, and they wanted me to go play with him. I was, you know, on top of the world. And because of my a little bit arrogance, I would say, um, I couldn't go there, so I had to go to, uh, like, a D2 school because that's where you still had eligibility, and I just didn't go because I, I was stupid. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm a D1 player. I'm not going to go play D2. I'm a D1 player, and I didn't go. Portland State University. Um a few others, Missouri, some Southwest Missouri, I think even Jerry Rice's college he went to. And I, like an idiot, I was like, nope, it's not D1. I'm not going. <laughs> so I went and just started playing baseball um, in an adult league, which had scouts run through there. And I went to their all-star game, got picked up by a scout. Um, I was 26 at the time, 26, 25, 25 at the time. And um, so the scout was like, hey, man, you got some talent. I can probably get you signed to a minor league contract. I'm like, yeah, right. He's like, yeah, dude, let me take you on, work with you. I was playing outfield all my whole life. You know, at Rio Hondo, you know as well, if you're an athlete, they put us anywhere on the baseball field, you know, and we play it. Um, But as far as being taught personally how to play a certain position, that was never, you know, what happened with us because they usually didn't have, you know, the manpower (laughs) to do it. Like I just had Mr. Johnson. He He was our only coach. And, you know, he's not going to get down there and teach me how to play second base. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so everything, everybody on my team, we just raw talent. So this guy worked with me for a while. 
Um, I got on the Detroit Tiger scout team. They were messing with me for like a year, just, you know, kind of him Han. And then the Cleveland Indians scout, his, his name was um, Craig Wallenbrock. He saw me play when we played against them, asked me to come play for them. He liked what I did. Uh, make a long story short, one game we were playing against uh, Glendale City College, you know, because the scout teams, they just went and played other scout teams or other colleges. And I went off that game and the Chicago Cubs uh, scout wanted to sign me right then and right there. And he told me not to sign with them that he was going to call his people up and sign me that night. And lo and behold, he did. So, but here's, now here's a catch. You ready? I'm ready. The, the catch was, I had to tell him I was 21. So dude, I had to doctor up all these documents <laughs> that I was, tw- <laughs> that I was 21 years old, bro. I went and uh, Xerox the copy and I had to make it as legit as possible. Um, but I think Craig Wallenbrock, he, he kind of let me know that he knew that I wasn't 21 because he goes, yeah, I called Rio Hondo Prep Ball. I wanted to see, uh, you know, if you really went there. I'm like, why would I lie about a school I went to? You know what I mean? <laughs> and so he looked at me and he goes, I just believe that I think people get overlooked because of their age. And, you know, I just believe everybody has a, a right to, you know, show off their true talents. And that was kind of like his way of telling me, I know you're not 21, but I'm going to sign you anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, so I went there, went out, you know, had spring training. The best spring training was, uh, 95 when the strike got resolved um, because then we got to do our spring training with all the major leaguers. Mm-hmm. So when a strike happens in major league baseball, minor league players are not affected. Um, you know, you go on with their normal routine or whatever, mm-hmm. it's just a major leaguer. So once the strike was resolved, all of a sudden all these major leaguers that are supposed to be normally gone, um, when we come in for our spring training, they come into our spring training to get a quick one in before they start the major league season. So I, I got to be out there with Manny Ramirez, Albert Bell, you know, um, Eddie Murray, all those dudes, stuff like that. You know, it was, <laughs> it was pretty cool. That was that was um, to me that was that was my highlight. Like, got to meet all those players, all of them very cool. Or Hershiser when he came over to the Indians, um, Sandy Alomar Jr. It, I mean, I can name them all. They were all awesome guys, except for Albert Bell. He was he wasn't really that cool. He was kind of mean. <laughs> but <laughs> um, everybody else totally cool. My center fielder. He knew – well, he was in the same um, fraternity as uh, Kenny Lofton. So I got to meet Kenny Lofton and hang out with him uh, a few times. And he gave us, you know, batting gloves and cleats and all this other kind of stuff. Great guy. Great guy. That was, those are my good times in minor league baseball. Rough and, and, and tough. You know, being out on the field during spring training from 6 in the morning till 6 at night, dude, it was tough. Long but it was, it was fun. Long days, man. <laughs> Very long oh. days. You, 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 you're umpiring out there, right? Doing some umpiring, right? Yeah, yeah. I was in 2009 to 2012. Uh, we, we did a few spring training things, and then obviously, you know, just the four different leagues. I was climbing the ladder, and then, you know, four years was enough. <laughs> it was a, a lot of <laughs> a lot of guys put a lot of time in, and and there is nothing to be. I mean, it's tough to explain the minor leagues to someone unless they've been in it as well. So, so I totally get, you I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Totally tough. Right. Yep. If they haven't been there, cause you got to supply everything yourself. Like we don't get shoes thrown at us for free or anything like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If we get anything free, it was by luck. <laughs> the guys making all the money are the ones who get the free stuff. You know, there you go. <laughs> there you go. It's crazy. People, People don't believe me when I tell them, dude, you don't get rich playing minor league baseball. Oh, no. People that get rich, like you said, it's the top draft picks. And then, dude, because when I played, all we made was uh, 800 bucks a month. Yeah, that's not much has changed. I mean, (laughs) not much has changed at all. We got it. We got a hundred dollars a raise a year. That was it. <laughs> you're supposed to live off your signing bonus if you were like one of the big stars, but I wasn't no big star. <laughs> I signed as a free agent, so I made super super chump change. It was gone in like three weeks. I, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love the the age story because we'd be on the we'd be at the fields and everything, and and you see that a ton. But it was usually with like uh, you know players from the the Caribbean, the, the Dominican. There you go. The last. Yeah, class. all those yep. guys. Like, oh, yeah, that kid's uh, 20 years old. I look at it and I go, there's no way that guy's 20 years old or whatever. Exactly. And there isn't. You know, there isn't, dude. Come on now. If I lived in the Caribbean, I, I might have made the show, dude. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. You gotta learn that Spanish, man. A 29-year-old rookie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, so that was a couple – what was that – what what year was that? Or was there a couple years – 
I got released in 97. Okay. Yeah. So they find out my age or whatever and gave me the boot. What, uh, what did you get out, out of spring training and, and get to be out in a couple different leagues? Yeah, they actually, well, I, 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 once again, my stupid arrogance got in the way and was like, man, forget you guys. You guys are going to cut me. Cause I was actually the fastest one in the whole organization. I ran a six, three, six and a six. Nice. So I was like, if you're not willing to use that, you know, mm-hmm. then forget you. And I, I kind of got bitter and went to the fire Academy and whatnot. But, um, <laughs> you know, back when you're young and, and not, not really having any direction, you're kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. So I made a lot of dumb choices. You know what I mean? And my arrogance got in the way. Um, I should have been humble because the Giants and the Reds wanted me to come out, and you know. But I was like, no. If if the Indians can release me, you guys are going to release me just as the same. I was going, you know, I figured they were going to find out my age too and give me the boot. So I just said, forget it, and just kept on pushing, and you know, went a different route of my my career. I I kind of regret it sometimes because you never, know, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah, you you know you got to enjoy the ride while it's there, and and I always tell kids or young young adults and this, I was like, you know what. Uh, play that play whatever game you're doing play as long as you can because eventually someday it's going right. to stop you know don't be afraid to go to that right. d2 school or to you know play on a independent professional league team whatever like take your shot. definitely take your shot man definitely you know? definitely 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 if i had to do it all over again dude you're exactly right yeah it, i mean time time flies you know here we are in our uh our thirties and forties now. And you know, things are like you're looking back at those days, like, Oh man, that wasn't that long ago, but it was, you know, right. Exactly. Dude. <laughs> you're not kidding. And I, I, I'm not kidding, Maddie. You said it, you said it exactly right. You, you should take a shot, dude. It doesn't matter. Um, if it's not a D one school, if you're getting a shot, dude, take your shot. Mm-hmm. And I, that's something I really regret. You know, I'm the coulda, shoulda, woulda dude. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Never thought I was going to be that person, but I am. Um, and I really should have just taken the D2 scholarship and went up to Portland State, had a ball, and see what, what happened from there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I did not. Um, the chip was a little bit too big on my shoulder, and it, I wish somebody would have knocked it off. My mom tried to knock it off, um, <laughs> you know, but I was so stupid that I didn't even want to listen to her. I was like, man, is that, you know, I'm whining yeah. and pouting and stuff, you know, like an idiot. Um Wow. I even had a going away party for me by one of my friends, mom and dads, and because they went away for the summer. Like, well, when we get back, dude, you're gonna be up there in Oregon. We'll come up there and visit you and watch you play. <laughs> you know, I felt like the biggest dork that I didn't even go. <laughs> oh man, you know? good, good stuff, man. Hey, I, uh, <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, <laughs> life's funny sometimes. Uh, Paul, one more thing right. about one more thing about Real Hondo Prep. Did, did you ever have the the privilege to play for uh, Mr. Gary Lunny? Oh my goodness. Yes, I did. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm sad that he's gone. Um, he actually gave me the biggest compliment um, when I was playing back there. Uh, we were not allowed to play varsity football until you were, you know, 15 years old, you know, and we're all getting into high school at 14. Well, he said that I played safety the best he'd ever seen and had his varsity starting uh, safety come out and watch me play. So he would learn how to play safety. And I thought that was a big compliment by Mr. Lunny. He also kept it real. Like he, he knew me as a player and knew the other players really, really, really well. Like um, my junior year, we were playing in the championship um, against El Paso de Robles, who was a prison school <laughs> who, um, you know, their players, one of them escaped during the game. Their middle linebacker was in there for murder. Um, they were just a really bad team. They should have never, never, ever been in our league. No, uh, We're playing it for championship, right? And we run a, we run Dave Guerrero Jr. Um, runs a power. He was our quarterback. He runs a power 11. Don't even know if you know what oh, that yeah. is. But we run. Okay, good. You remember that one. We run a power 11. He cups up field. I gear down because he, he just ran in front of me. And so I'm, you know, just trotting up the field. And I get my clocked clean by the little middle linebacker, right? He hits me so hard. My feet fly up in the air. They go over my head. You know, they touch <laughs> the ground on the other side while I'm still flipping. But I bounce up. I was so embarrassed. I was like, man, all these people just got saw me, you know, get my clock cleaned. I'm getting up and I'm running downfield. Well, he yells at me, if you get up, I'll kill you. And I went, oh, my style. You know, I went back down to the ground like, <laughs> like he hurt me, but he didn't. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll stay down, you know. And that's the first time I had ever done that in my life. First time anybody's able to intimidate me. But he did, right? Well, we go watch film on Monday and good old Mr. Lunny. He, that play happens, right? And he goes, this is where Paul Clark quit on us. Ooh. 
called called me out, dude. Wow. And I had nothing. I had nothing to say, but he knew it. He saw me. He saw me quit. He saw me like stop being the real hollow player I was, man. And that guy was good at that. And I felt like I let him down because I I kind of gave up and I was more worried about you know some big old linebacker hit me in the back because I played safety too. So I'm looking over my shoulder, worrying about because they started cheap shotting us because we were winning and we weren't really you know backing down. So they tried to kick out our knees and all this. And I'm worried about getting taken out instead of playing football. Yeah. And that's that was the point. We lost. 4235. So um that Mr. Lunny was really good at that. And I seriously to this day I always regretted, you know, that move I did and and because he had so much faith in me and he was such a good defensive coach, especially for eight man. He was one of the geniuses uh, you know, down there, along with obviously Mr. Johnson and whatnot. But he really knew his football. Um and you know, and, and to me he was a good man. I liked him. He was yeah. my baseball coach too when I was a freshman or a sophomore, something like that. He, he was awesome, man. He, he was, he was, he was fun. That's a, he made me laugh all the time. I tell you that. That's was, a great, that's a great you? line. Like, you know what? I've heard a, a bunch of people talk about the lines he would say. It was, he'd always say something like that. Uh, hey, this is where Paul, right. it, it, it was a short phrase. It was like, it hits you right in the mouth and was like, oh. Right in the mouth. And, and it and it such an impact, and I'm sh- and I and I know for certain that was the last time I'm sure something like that happened. He just had a way to, of putting things in words quickly and uh, quirky at times too. Right? Yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> and then Yuji would laugh after that, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man, good man. Uh, no. You know, with the people that have come across uh, him in their lives, I just wanted to you know, comment and, and get their thoughts on, on him since, yeah, he passed recently and uh, we'll definitely miss definitely. him. So many fond memories of the man. Of course. Yep. Was he your, uh, your, uh, so when I well? started, I was in seventh grade. He he taught the other seventh grade class. I was in the, the Loomis class. I was never in boy choir. I was in band. So I never really interacted with him. And then even in football, he was like kind of starting to step away from it and just kind of be like a consultant oh. as I was like getting into varsity. But I, I always remember as a junior high kid walking and seeing him and, and I was one of those guys that loved the X's and the O's. And I loved, I, I would talk to him as a junior high kid about uh, what was going on with the varsity defense. And like, he was always <laughs> happy to talk football, which, which is something that I loved. I mean, always. Yes, he was. Just a football guy. That's yeah. good stuff. Oh, man. Right? Definitely. Uh, Paul, if you, I know you're a big sports fan, so let's talk a little sports. You know, I've been talking a lot of real Hondo stuff with a lot of different guys, but you're, you're a big sports fan, I know, like myself. And so we'll cover a few topics here. Have you been watching The, the Last Dance on ESPN? Oh, my goodness. Loving it. Yeah. Loving it. Loving it. So good. So good. I love the behind-the-scenes stuff and, and just seeing uh, – Man, Michael Jordan, what a guy. <laughs> right? There's more, like, you and I, um, you know, coming up, we we watched him and all this other kind of stuff. But you don't, like you said, you see the behind-the-scenes type of thing. And you 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 think you know, but you don't even know even much more of, of how serious he was and how much of a winner he needed yeah. to be, you know? And you see this, this, this documentary and – that even puts more of a stamp on Michael Jordan being untouchable as the best mm-hmm. basketball player ever. Like, to me, you know, LeBron James can't hold Michael Jordan to safety, to be honest. <laughs> that's, that's my opinion. I know I'm going to get a lot no. of flack from it because everybody, you know, newer kids are all on the, the LeBron bandwagon. <sighs> but LeBron James is playing a much weaker league, for one, and everybody's going, oh, no, he's not. Yes, he is, dude. You can get away with so much right now in this league yeah. that's pathetic. Had he come up, LeBron come up in the East back when Michael did, LeBron would have cried every game, might have played 50 games a season. I mean, he doesn't even play a full season now because he takes time off for time management and, you know, all this other baloney. He's so weak. I mean, come on. (laughs) I mean, Jordan Jordan goes to six NBA finals and takes home six NBA rings. You know, LeBron's been to like 28 finals and taken home three. You know, come on. Well, I mean, a couple things. You know, Jordan never went yeah. to game seven. He told us he told everybody to beat it, be, you know, by game six or fewer, and he didn't lose. That tells you right there, 
you don't lose. Nor did he say, hey, you go out and get three more all oh, yeah. and get me a ring. You know, no. he didn't cry over that crap. He, whatever he got, he got yeah. it, he played with it. LeBron's sitting there crying, making teams come together, firing general managers and all this junk. Dude, how can you possibly, how can people even co- possibly compare that to a Michael Jordan when you have to go to a team that already has two stinking no, Hall of Famers on it? It's ridiculous. No, I, I, I love it. I remember. I mean, I, I use – you said it for a while. I still use it. Anytime I say LeBron in a text or whatever, I still call them LeBrons because I saw you write it one time, and I thought it was hilarious and so <laughs> fitting. So I – it's like you're, you're not even second best, dude. You're, 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 you're anyway, if, if you look at the documentary, <laughs> you look at the documentary exactly. there's times when Jordan is, uh, you know, to an official or he's complaining uh, to a teammate or he's talking trash to the other team. But if you notice, Paul, it's totally different than like a LeBron does, right? It, it's oh my you gosh. see he, how he even how he carries right. himself. He's doing things that that uh, maybe they even do similar, but with LeBron, it's always this theatrical. Like I'm, yeah, it's ridiculous. Thank you. Go, you, Maddie, you can go ahead. Whining, 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 whining. His hands are out all the time. He's in astonishment, first of all, like, no way, <laughs> me? I fouled? Or he didn't foul me? Come on. You know what I mean? It's like, come on, dude. You know, beat it, LeBron, dude. You just, it's just, and plus, dude, he has zero finesse on that basketball court. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan was smooth. He glided. He, he did these insane moves where LeBron is, he, LeBron is basically a, a tight end playing <laughs> basketball is what he is. He'll, he, he'll run you over because they don't call charges anymore in the NBA. He runs you over or he'll dunk over you. That's it. He doesn't have a killer jumper. Mm-hmm. He has no dagger. Kobe had a dagger. Larry Bird had a dagger. Jordan, you know, Reggie Miller. Nobody will ever put LeBron James in the top ten. No, of having a, a no not at all. Never. If they do, they need yeah. to get a baseball bat and <laughs> in the head. So, you know what I mean? LeBron is, you know, and he's, he's just not the, the guy that's going to take you over the top necessarily. And you don't know how many people, because mm-hmm. you said you're watching the last dance, how many people on that team, on those teams said, Michael Jordan yes. made us better. He made us better. He demanded that we be better. You know, you don't hear people going around saying LeBron maybe. You mm-hmm. see people leaving his team. Kyrie Irving boning out, you know, things like that. Nobody wants to play with that dork. You know, so it's like, you you're you have all this talent, but your talent is pretty much one dimensional. You know, you 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 you're just now learning how to back people down. Being the size and the strength, you you know what I mean. These last two three years of his career, he just learned how to back people down. He's been doing that from Jump Street. Yeah, being that huge, that strong. You know what I mean? I would have, you know, and he just wasn't doing things like that where Kobe and Michael, those guys were doing it. John Starks mm-hmm. even. They were doing it. You know what I mean? And it's just like, and, and people can talk all they want about him getting to all these finals in a row and this and that. I don't, I don't care because here's what I, here's what I see. Michael, I want you. First of all, LeBron lost in the playoffs to to uh, in his early days to lesser teams in the playoffs, the Celtics and this and that. I want right. you to name for me one good team he beat in the Eastern Conference playoffs to get to the NBA Finals all those times. It, the East has always been, or I mean, recently, yeah, a good team. team. <laughs> the East has been. A, a, I'll never. I yeah, can't you can't do it. Team. You can't. Do it. I mean, Jordan had to go through. Yeah, I know the Pistons and the Celtics. He had to. He, they they beat him a lot in his early days, but he eventually got over the top. Yep. He didn't just coast to the finals like these right. other guys did. I mean, even in the nineties, the Knicks were really nope. good. The Pacers. He had some tough teams. He had to go through. Yeah. And LeBron just doesn't. Dude, you're exactly right. He's ne- like the teams in the East do that. They were like sub 500 mm-hmm. and going to the playoffs. That that's insane. You if, and if you're seriously counting the East as a as a quality, you know, division, you're, <laughs> you're, you're on crack, dude. Basically, you know. <laughs> and like you said, Jordan, he was facing what the Pistons. He had to face. He had to face the Knicks. He had to face the Pacers. He had to face the Celtics. Um, so. And all these guys have multiple Hall of Famers <laughs> on their team. And you're sitting here running through people who you, who you can't even remember that were uh-huh. in the East. That's how lame they are. You know, you got a John Wall. Yay. 
You know, that's one dude. But he, I don't, that, uh, Washington <laughs> didn't even make it to the playoffs. And so it's like, I, I honestly can't, who'd he beat in the playoffs when he, when he won that was good? Who was over there, maybe? Uh, maybe they had two or three <laughs> players over there. Big deal. But he, like you said, he, he waltzed. He waltzed his way into the playoffs. And like you said, I don't care either that he went to so many in a row. That's even worse that you go through so many mm-hmm. in a row mm-hmm. and only take home. Three. Oh, yeah. That's even worse. That that does not show how awesome you are. Yeah. It shows how much you can lose. I don't – I don't. yeah, I don't you look at him I mean? like like and, a Buffalo Bills situation. Like those, those teams, like transitioning, like a different sport, but, but those teams were really, really good, had some tough playoff wins, and had to really fight to get to those Super Bowls. And the Super Bowl can happen. You know, so it's a different You're scenario, right. in my opinion. Right. Oh, definitely. I, I definitely agree with you. The, um, they were just the cream of the crop back then, and they weren't playing sub-500 teams when it was <laughs> the playoffs either, you know. Um, they just had to, unfortunately, they played the, you know, what, the Giants twice and Dallas Cowboys twice and lost or whatever the Bills did. And they were some, some of them were close games. And then Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys were just the, 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 the you know, the, the dynasty back then. So, um, it was going to be hard for them to, to beat them. Um, they had some quality teams, though. Yeah. But like you said, it's not the same as the football team, um, <laughs> you know, like LeBron getting there. And, and I just think he just didn't accomplish the things that he that he should have for having yeah, to be the best I see, And it, it's yeah, sick. You know I see mean? it on every radio show, ESPN show. Every It's LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. I'm like, can we stop? Like, do you? this love affair so i want to talk right. some football but my last thing with lebron and if you have one cool too but you know i've long laker fan i don't know if if, if you are or not but it, it is painful for me to yep. have a guy like him on the team that i really that i really like it's such a hard <laughs> situation for me yes i totally agree with you i i was my mom's the same way because she's a diehard laker fan as well and, and not a lebron fan and it's really hard to root for, I wouldn't say him, but, it, you know, we, we want the Lakers to win because we're Laker fans. But when he goes and scores a basket or something like that. Yeah, just, I know. Uh, yeah. You know, and you, 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 I really am not clapping. It's just, I'm clapping that the Lakers might be have a lead or something like that. But I'm definitely not yeah. clapping. I'm looking forward to him being gone. I, I really am. You know? I, I just... Yeah, me too. Me too. Hurry up. I know. Up yeah. You're not, you're not a Laker. Just go, go join your fifth team or whatever you're going to do. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Just be- <laughs> yeah. Trying to win more championships, bro. Yeah. Keep being a journeyman trying to win more championships because you can't do it just staying at home. And well, well. <laughs> Christmas. I, I, dude, I almost, I almost threw up when he won his championship in Cleveland. It was said, so fake. This is for you, Cleveland. The, the Jordan oh, crying on the floor after his dad died and everything. Like, that is that is powerful stuff. LeBron is like, it, it's yeah. a fake. Oh, yeah. Dude, super fake. So oh, fake man. So ridiculous. Uh, so fake. It was ridiculous. He didn't, what's, what's the owner's name for, Dan, for the Cavaliers? He and LeBron Dan Gilbert, yeah. There you go. Yeah, Dan Gilbert. You know, come on. Oh man, well, <laughs> well, let's talk a little. I know you're a big uh, Steelers fan. I'm a huge Rams fan. I'm so yes, glad sir. they're back in town. But uh, you know, what? what okay. Yeah, what are your what are your thoughts That's on on just cool. the NFL? Maybe different NFL quarterbacks, or how your Steelers are they going to bounce back this next year? Dude, I, I'm really hoping so. Um, I'm hearing a lot of things that, you know, that, that, they, that they won't. They won't bounce back for a couple of years because of this. Um, I'm hearing, you know, they're, they're playing all their games in one venue. Um, it's it's going to be tough for all sports, if you ask me. It's just it's just it's a sad time for people who like sports and sad time for athletes uh, anywhere. High school, you know, on up to the pro levels. Um the NFL quarterbacks, as we're seeing a change, all of a sudden this thing comes in and shuts down, you know, what was going to be promising season as far as, you know, exciting games happen. You know, you got your Lamar Jackson's out there and, and your um, Mahomes. Name on, on the Chiefs, uh, Patrick Mahomes. You got him out there, you know, gunslingers and whatnot. And he, Cam Newton still hasn't landed somewhere. And it was going to be an exciting season. You got to see if, you know, they're going to be able to repeat as champions. But I think yeah. we're going to be robbed of that, you know. Uh, just because of this this Corona thing, you got a lot of talent coming from the college levels into the NFL. We're not going to be able to see that either. And 
it's going to be sad, dude. Sad, and the economy is going to take a blow. Um, but the NFL, you know, they've done they've done some some phenomenal things, and knowing them, they're such a you know a big yeah. a big uh, entity, and one of those <laughs> juggernauts you don't want to really mess with. <laughs> they're almost like the U.S. government. You know, I, I would not be surprised though if they do play their season. It just doesn't seem like they will, but I would not be surprised if they do get their season in because Goodell um, is a powerful man, and he, he if he wants to make things. I, I think, think the other sporting down. leagues uh, are powerful, but they are nowhere near the NFL. I think they're. You know what? If people can do not without even. a basketball season, a baseball season, but to cancel a football season, I just I think. I think it's on the table, but I just can't see it happening. I think deep down in my heart, I think they find a way to do it. I really do. So do I. I I, so I, I agree with you. Like I said, I, you know, they say it's supposed not supposed to happen, mm-hmm. but it would not shock me if it did. Because like you said, shutting down a whole NFL season, people love basketball. Like you said, people love baseball, but the NFL is, is something different. You got 80,000 stadiums filled every yeah. Sunday, dude. You know what I mean? 80,000 seat stadiums filled every Sunday. And it's really hard for me to, to, like you said, to see them canceling that because that's a lot of money being lost. You know, you and I and 8 million other people love to watch our NFL. And uh, it's just, it's, it's sad if that's going to happen. I'm very, very curious. I wish I could be a fly on the wall in those meetings because I would love to see what kind of plan they have in action. You know, what kind of plan they have in place for some type of a rebound from this. What are you thinking? They're going to take every step they can um, that they, they, I think, first of all, the NFL has contingency plans already set in place. I, I, th- I could see them pushing this, taking a few weeks okay. off a month off, pushing the season back or something. Playing without fans seems weird. Playing right. here in California right. is a whole nother issue because I think they want to, you know, restrict things even longer. So I don't know exactly what, what they will do, but I have an, I have a feeling, like I said, that, that, that they're going to get something. I don't, I don't think it'll be a, uh, I think it will be pushed back and, right. uh, I, you know, whether it's fans or not, then, then, you know, whatever. But I know that I, I am really hoping to get to see it. It's, it's May. Uh, it's the middle of May right now. And I'm hoping that, man, by September, things are, things are better than they have been. Uh, real, real, real quick, Paul, right. you're, you're a Steelers fan, but it, you know, I got to ask as a, as an NFL guy, like my Rams came out with some, with some new uniforms recently and, and give me your honest opinion. What do you think of those? <laughs> I saw that. I, I actually like them because um, I, I, I'm not a Rams fan as in, you know, they're my favorite team, but I'm a Rams fan. I, if they're playing, I'll, I'll root for them to mm-hmm. win, you know, that day, whoever they're playing against. Um, I actually went to the Rams-Seattle uh, Seahawks game uh, the past this past season. Great game. It was fun to watch. And one of my first autographs, I don't even know if you know who this guy is, but one of my first autographs was from uh, an old Rams quarterback named Yeah, Pat Hayden, Pat Hayden uh, USC yeah. and Bishop Amat, right? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Yep, that's him. Um, it was funny because um, I was at CARE, actually, at Rio Hondo, uh, and one of our assignments was to uh, write a letter to somebody that we, you know, looked up to or whatever. And I looked up to Pat Hayden and Terry Bradshaw, so I wrote both of them a letter. Um, and when I wrote Pat Hayden's letter, though, it was funny because I put, um, I, you know, give me an autograph, blah, 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 great season, whatever. But I, I specifically put, and Pat, when you write me back, I want your real autograph. I don't want that stupid <laughs> fake autograph that Xerox, you know, because Xerox, Xerox on the piece of paper mm-hmm. by your picture. I told him that, right? I don't know who wrote me back, but they legitimately wrote me. Paul, this is my real autograph. So it was awesome, dude. I was so excited. So that's kind of why I've always had like a little cool. liking for the Rams, you know, uh, throughout. But yeah, I totally dig their new their new uniform. My brother and I actually saw that on the TV the other day. Very yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you know, I, you know, I, I'm a I'm an old school guy. I, I I understand the having new things and the new you know modern age and everything. But like, there's something to be said for. I even mentioned it a few times. Like, you look at the Steelers for one, the Cowboys, the 
I hate saying it, but the 49ers, the Raiders, like th- those are uniforms that are, they haven't changed <laughs> much and, and they're, they're great. You know, there's something no. I, I like new, but man, having the right. old school look too is great. I love the old school look. I, I do too, because those are some solid uniforms. And that's another uh, time for us that just brings back football and the old gridiron, no protecting <laughs> the quarterback rule, you know, no, you know, some of those rules are, are just over the top to where these guys, it's really, really hard for these defensive players like linebackers and linemen mm-hmm. to play football. And tackle. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And I always rewind the clock. Like they knew the job was dangerous when they took it <laughs> and they're getting paid millions of dollars. You know what I mean? Nobody likes to see somebody get their head jacked up mentally and not be able to live after they leave the game. But you also know you're mm-hmm. playing a very violent game. You know, these soldiers that the risk their lives for us, you know, they, do they get paid? Yeah, they get scholarships and things like that. And nobody's telling the bad guys, hey, you can't shoot real bullets at them. You got to shoot rubber bullets. You know, they're not changing the rules of war for these guys. These guys knew the job was dangerous when they took it. And if their life gets lost, it's going to be devastating to their family and friends. And nobody wants to see that. See that, But they do know that is the possibility that might yeah. happen getting into the military, right? So, so these NFL players that get into the league, you're getting eight billion times more money than the military or even firefighters and, and police officers. And, but you're scaling down the rules of, of war uh, on the, on the <laughs> gridiron. You can't tackle now. Come on. And you knew the, you knew you're going to get the hat laid on you once you've done. Yeah. It. Oh, dude. This is football. Take your millions of dollars. Get the hat laid on you. Keep pushing. Hey, preach to the choir, Paul. You preach, to the, I, and and I'll be honest. A lot of people ask me, you know, wow, how come you're not refereeing football anymore? And uh, I really liked it. I, I I had some success with it, but a lot of it, you know, you see some of these new rules getting put in place. And yes, they're in the name of quote quote safety. And I'm just like, I have a hard time right. going out there and making that decision. Uh, you know, on, on calling a penalty. Uh, it's just, that's just me. I'm like, right. you know what? I, I don't think I want to do that. Like, I, I don't like the direction the game has gone. And, and yeah, maybe I'm too old school, but I, I don't think so. I, I just, I don't like some of the new rules right. because it takes away a lot of the stuff that's like, hey, keep your head on a swivel. Uh, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And for a referee like you were, that's got to be ultimately hard for you because if you see something happen, and you don't call that flag based on, you know, the way you came up yeah. and your, and your um, understanding of the way games should be played. Mm-hmm. You're going to get an earful from a coach, you know. And it, I, yeah, I can only imagine that it was hard for you to, <laughs> to, to referee that knowing the way you and I came up playing the game. Yeah, I would I probably would have hung it up being a referee yeah. uh, for football. Yeah, too. it's tough. Those guys are in a tough space. They're, they're getting asked to do impossible job already. and. Uh, now you're you're making them do right. that stuff. Now everyone hates them more. It's just it's crazy. But uh, you know, someone's got to yeah. do it. So, uh, <laughs> well, Paul, <laughs> one last thing. You know, we we both we talked kind of last time we were we were at yes, uh, a real Hondo game, and we just got on the sideline. And you know, I've always yeah. known that that your family, uh, your brother Pete, actually coached me uh, briefly when I was in fifth grade. When he came over, he left that Atlantic sideline. He came over to the good side on the Gators. You know, <laughs> but but I know that the Clark family is a very big uh, Oklahoma family, a very Oklahoma Sooner family. So yes, what, what uh, what's the, the connection there with the, the family history as far as being Oklahoma fans? Um, well, that's where my mom's all my mom's side of the family is from is Oklahoma and they're still there. Um, my dad and my uh, cousin both went to Oklahoma, you know, graduating. And uh, my dad actually met my mom because he was in Tinker Air Force Base um, in Oklahoma. That's where he was stationed. And my mom also worked there. So they met each other there. Um, And, you know, as far as Oklahoma and, you know, how their fans are, they are really, really um, dedicated to Oklahoma football. So when I was younger, I was in Oklahoma pajamas, you know, things like that. So I was I'm two years old in Oklahoma pajamas. I was going to be a Sooner fan no matter what, you know. And we did a lot of visiting. Uh, every other year, we'd go visit them, and then they'd come out and visit us. But we did that for at least uh, 10 to 12 years straight during the summer and sometimes during the Christmas. So we, we kept our family bond mm-hmm. really, really um, close, you know what I mean, as far as Oklahoma was concerned. So there was no way I was not going to be an Oklahoma Sooner fan. And 
Uh, like I said, my family's still back there. We went and visited him. I took my son out there to visit them uh, two Thanksgivings ago. He had a blast. We had a blast. Um, my cousin broke out his uh, Big 12 championship <laughs> ring, you know, to show it off and everything. Or actually, it was the Big nice. Eight. Nice. It was the Big Eight when he was there. <laughs> so, yeah, but, you know, it's stuff like that. And I, I honestly get the chills when I go back there all the time, just going to the campus and everything else. And, and a little bit jelly. I'm not going to lie. I get a little jelly that I didn't, that I didn't graduate from there, you know. I really am jealous of my cousin graduating there, not me, because we're the same age and we're we're like twins as far as our personality. And I really wish I could have could have went there with him. It was man. It yeah, was and awesome and you know, I I am yeah. I'm not an Oklahoma fan, but but my grandmother. I remember when I was little. Uh, she and her brothers, all all on my dad's side, they are all from Fairview, Oklahoma. Uh, before they came out to yeah, before they came out to California, they were really. Uh, so I got. Family history from Oklahoma, and I remember my grandmother was always uh, was watching. She'd watch Oklahoma football when they played Nebraska. That was like a big deal. I remember, yeah. yeah. And, and this will probably tip you off a little right, bit, dude. but you know, what? One of my favorite football players, college <laughs> football players of all time, is uh, is Tommy Frazier, the old Nebraska quarterback. And, and he's actually the reason yeah, I ended up wearing number fifteen. Uh, or one of the reasons I should say, but yeah, and, and all you know, I, really? I love. You know, I didn't love Nebraska football, okay. but I remember watching it more because my grandmother had this Oklahoma connection, and then they played Nebraska. That was a huge rivalry when they played each other a lot. Anyway, it, it's just go ahead. Yes. Yep. How did you? How, I was gonna say, how did you not get bit <laughs> with the Oklahoma uh, bug? Then yeah, yeah. You know, I it, it wasn't about the the teams. <laughs> The players and, and I remember my dad telling me about it, and you know I was I was still entrenched in the whole cheer cheer for teams from uh, kind of from where you're at type of thing. Or you know, and he didn't really touch on Oklahoma late right. until later right. in life, like about the f- family history and everything. But my grandmother, oh yeah, so so it was it's interesting, oh. right? I, I always tell people I like when people root for uh, you can always root for whoever you want but I like when people have like a story or a connection as to who they, you know, well, my dad's from that state or my mom went to uh, that college or, you know, typically I root for the local teams otherwise, because that's where I'm from. But, you know, some people have different uh, way about them. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's our connection to the Oklahoma thing. And we, we still, (laughs) anytime I I gotta tell you, anytime I see Oklahoma on TV, I I think of the Clark family. I really do. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. I get a lot of that from people. Every time we do the tours, we think of the horse, man. <laughs> oh man. Well well uh, Paul, it's been so much fun. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Uh I, I could talk with you about sports, Rio Hondo prep, anything you know, all this stuff for hours and, and anytime. Yeah, I hope we get to chat soon. You know, I hope we get to uh see a a real Hondo prep football game in person here in the next few months. Oh, yeah, definitely, dude. If they get the season up and running. Yeah, <laughs> of yeah, course. Well, well anything else, Paul, uh, before we wrap it up? No, I just want to thank you so much for having me on your show, dude. Your, your show's doing great things. You're doing great things. You keep up the good work out there, man. And oh, I appreciate it, man. Well, well, good luck with everything. My best to the, to the family. Uh, we, we're going to get Pete on here very soon. I, you know, you beat him. So, you know, you might get that primetime spot over Pete. <laughs> Take yes, care, sir. Paul. I appreciate that, baby. Woohoo! <laughs> Thank you very much, Big Matt. I'll talk at Thanks again to Paul Clark for joining us today and going down memory lane, the Real Hondo Prep memory lane more specifically. A lot of fun to hear him talk about some of his former coaches, some of the uh, the, the famous names from Rio from the past, and also his experiences uh, in, in college football and uh, some professional baseball. A lot of fun. Paul, thanks for bringing your energy. Uh, so much, uh, <laughs> so much pleasure sharing memories and all that good stuff. Uh, my best to the Clark family and and everyone moving forward. Thank you for your listenership and uh, just appreciate all, all you do for for Real Hondo Prep and, and, and all the kind words you've uh, said about this program. Thanks again, Paul. 
Well, that'll wrap up another episode of Get Home Safe. We are moving right along. One more episode left. Friday, we're going to have Mars Cerna, former basketball officiating colleague of mine, now works in the school uh, education, we'll say, industry. He works for the Fontana School Board and the San Bernardino County Office of Education, as well as some uh, adjunct professor work at San Bernardino Valley College. We'll touch on all of that tomorrow. Let him tell you all of it in our interview. It was a lot of fun to sit down with him. Can't wait to share it with you guys. Be sure to tune in for our final episode of the week, and then we'll take a few days off on Saturday and Sunday. But as always, you can go back and listen to every episode of the Get Home Safe podcast, whether it be through the Anchor app, which is where we operate, or through Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your your podcasts. We appreciate your listenership. All of our information can be followed at our Twitter handle, our Facebook page, and our Instagram page, as well as, well as our email address if you'd like to reach out to us. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast. Our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. And our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. Appreciate the support. Be sure to look out on those platforms on Saturday. We'll put out our schedule of the upcoming guests for next week. But we will take off Saturday and Sunday as far as interviews go. And we'll be back strong on Monday to start off another fun week. And it'll be the month of June. I can't even believe I'm saying that. Anyway, guys, whatever you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around at third base, get home safe.